then I wouldn't have to go this damn work to buy all this lasagna for the house. John Arbuckle? (laughs) (laughs) Man, there is nothing talks about the plight of John Arbuckle because lasagna is not cheap. It's not, but it's it's the only thing his cat eats. (laughs) It's the only thing... There's a post somewhere on the Garfield Universe Quora where he's like, help, my cat only eats lasagna. And someone's like, actually, lasagna would make cats very sick. <laughs> They're obligate carnivores and, and can't eat pasta. He's like, that isn't helpful. That's not helping. He oh. only eats lasagna. <laughs> he only eats lasagna. He hates my dog. And also this other cat that shows up sometimes and I want to get in a relationship with this sexy lady, but my cat keeps dragging me. <laughs> yeah. It's like my cat hurts my feelings on a regular basis by <laughs> calling me dumb. Um, <laughs> I work very hard. I think I'm a dentist or something. <laughs> I make six figures. Most of my money goes to buying lasagna for this goddamn cat. I can't I can tell he's making fun of me. He looks at the camera <laughs> and he's like, look at this pig fucker. <laughs> Look at this piss, man. (laughs) He hates Mondays, but he also hates me. And I go to work on Mondays. I don't understand it. It doesn't make sense. He has a gun in that bed. (laughs) All right. (laughs) 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 A-I-T-A. I buy lasagna for my mean cat. And I throw him out the window. Um, okay. Charles Schultz resisted adding adding a black character to Peanuts for fear of being perceived as patronizing. 
He changed his mind after Martin Luther King Jr.'s death and a letter from a school teacher. And his introductory comic, Franklin, meets Charlie Brown at the beach. And welcome back to Zero Credits, the show where we fright about things. Fright doesn't rhyme with talk. <laughs> I'm Haunted Henry. And I'm a little... I'm a little snake. I'm a little snake that goes out, out between the gaps in a in a skull's teeth, and then goes through the eye hole, and that comes out out the other eye hole, and then it hisses at you, John. And together, we'll haunted Henry and the host, formerly known as John, coming after you. After you. <laughs> God, oh, I just want to restart. Coming after you to discuss the cultural happenings of the Fright Ghost. I really thought your fact was going to be that uh, Howard, not Howard Schultz, he is the uh, coffee guy, that uh, Charles Schultz resisted arrest. (laughs) That would be fun. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, was Charles, Howard Schultz not a cool guy? I don't know who that is. He is the CEO of Starbucks, and famously, he resisted adding a black character to Peanuts forever and never relented. Wow. You know, you can say that because he he indeed didn't add any characters (laughs) to Peanuts. You know, I don't think anyone's ever talked about this before. You can claim that anyone refused to do anything about a work of art that they actually didn't do have anything to do with. Yeah. You could say that... Uh, I don't know. Give me, give me a person in popular culture. Taylor Swift. Oh no! Please don't drag Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift completely refused uh, to film any episodes of Kim's Convenience. Damn, that's crazy. Yeah, completely refused. Didn't didn't, didn't know film that. direct write a single one and you know what i think the things we do in silence speak the loudest yeah anyway check out midnight's her latest album just dropped last friday i don't know when it dropped yeah just dropped last friday it's a it's an interesting situation i and the uh, fiance are in because we we were sat on the couch as you say in jolly old england and we were looking at each other and I said, hey, are we the only couple that we know where both of us don't really care about Taylor Swift? And uh, both of us agree that her music is fine. It's just not like our thing. Yeah. So so we don't dislike Taylor Swift in any way. And we kind of like her, but are not like actively uh, involved in part of this. But everyone is talking about Midnight's. It's just okay. Is it just, it's the 13, it's released during the spookiest time of the year, of course, Midnight's by Taylor Swift is about the 13 sleepless nights she's spent being haunted by 13 different ghosts. Exactly. It's the 13 ghosts of Taylor Swift. Only, um, it's just okay. It's no 1984 or whatever. Yeah, it's not. It's not. It's not as good as her 1984. I think the themes in that were better. With like Big Brother is always watching, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and you know don't trust your ears or eyes, things mm-hmm. like that. But this one, I mean, so there's two good songs out of thirteen. I mean, 
the rest are okay. They're they're decent, but there's two real bangers, and the rest are kind of less like angers. Do you think that um, Carly Rae Jepsen and Taylor Swift are the Aldous Huxley and George Orwell of our time? I think an, a more apt comparison I could never make. Uh, absolutely yes, because they keep releasing music around the same time with completely different takes. Taylor Swift, of course, getting more personal and soulful and reflective, and Carly Rae Jensen doing what a lot of pop stars should do, making some of the greatest music of our time. Yeah, no, I mean, if you, clearly Carly Rae is the Aldous Huxley of the two, because uh, Brave New World's better than 1984. Couldn't finish it, but that, I think, was more of a personal hang-up on my part, rather than a reflection of the work. I um who's Lana Del Rey in all of this? Is she Robert A. Heinlein? Uh she is uh T. S. Eliot. Ah, I see. Not not familiar. I mean I know of T. S. Eliot, but not a huge not a huge T. S. Eliot reader. That's fine. I've only read a couple of his works. He was a poet. Oh, I didn't even know it. That's the end of the podcast, <laughs> folks. Zero credits is coming to an end. John killed the vibe. I uh, I did want to get this out of the way up top, not when we're deep in housekeeping, which no one listens to. But I will be out next week uh, because I am uh, getting getting married. This dude's getting hitched. I'm getting hitched. Old ball and chains getting tied around my neck. I'm getting thrown into the river. I am drowning. I am drowning there. (laughs) He's going to drown in a river. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, yeah, the old ball and chain. Oh, your life is going to end. Not many people are like, I'm going to drown myself in a river. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to drown my... No one, everyone, you know, all these cishet couples, they tend to, or at least in the past, they tended to, like, make jokes leading up to the wedding or even make jokes in their vows. Apparently, there's this trend on TikTok of uh, grooms holding their phone behind their back while they're getting married. And it says, like, help me or something. Yeah, um, which you know, first gross, of all, as gross. a quick aside, oh, fuck that. <laughs> like, I get it's a funny joke, and it's probably shared between yeah. the two of you. But uh, as a joke, it sucks. The sentiment is awful, and you're, this is something that you're gonna you're gonna run into more and more now that you're entering like the world of being married. That old school of like, oh, marriage, oh, wives, they're the worst, right? Yeah, that- no, it's it's definitely something that I have started to experience pretty heavily. Yeah, it's it, it. I hate it. I honestly hate it. But you were saying, oh, uh, but yes, a lot of people, you know, they make jokes in the vows. They get like cake toppers with like little ball and chains on the groom, and that's all. You know, you and I agree. Hilarious, the peak of comedy. <laughs> um, my wedding is going to be a little bit different in that I have a cake topper that is a a laser cut piece of steel that says, I'm going to drown myself in the Colorado river on November 17th (laughs) at 11, 12 a.m. Now it is more of a spooky themed wedding. So I do get, I, I, it's a very good joke. And then it, it continues comma. This is not spooky in relation to the theme of the wedding. This is a statement of, in fact, of fact, and in fact, a promise. Classic John humor telling us that the joke isn't a joke. Nine out of ten, I laugh every time. <laughs> there is a there is a guest book, and every page 
just has uh, no space for you to write or add cute photos. It just says, if you want John to not drown himself, show up at the Colorado River on November 17th at 11, 12 a.m. If you do not show up, you are complicit. And it just repeats that over and over and over again. I wonder what this could mean. You know, there's a lot. There's a lot of mystery about this wedding. There's a lot of things I don't quite understand. Uh, but a hilarious joke nonetheless. <laughs> There's going to be a whole thing where uh, people, uh, when they get their rehearsal dinner invites, it's like only you can stop this tragedy from occurring. Okay, okay, I get it's a little one note now. I mean, listen, it is what it is. Yeah, I get it. You ran out of ideas. Uh, so yes, John's going to be gone next week, which means I'm going to try to procure a guest or do this myself. I don't want to do it myself again. I'm going to get a guest. Yay! I I won't be helpful in the process, but I will be in California. So if there's any hot stars you want to talk to, from what I understand, it's their little nest. Yes, please track down... Uh, who's the funniest celebrity to say to track him down? John Lithgow. <laughs> Ooh, I'll get John Lithgow. Uh, is Kelsey Grammer okay? <laughs> Frasier reboot is a hot, hot topic. Yeah, I'll get that dog. Dog, the dog died. Oh, I'll get its bones. The bones are dust. It's probably in the Hollywood Cemetery. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to go to San Francisco where all the stars are. They're not in L.A. Yeah, L.A. is where they want you to think they are. You got to place a trap in San Francisco and that way you can capture them. Yeah, they're all at the Embarcadero Freeway. I've never been to California. I don't know anything about California. I'll bring back California Army Hammer. Oh, you can keep him. No, he'll do the podcast with you. He uh, he yeah. says he's champing at the bit. Oh, he got it right. <laughs> he, got, he, he went out of his way to say champing instead of chomping. Huh, not suspicious at all, <laughs> Mr. Hammer. Yeah, he said I'm champing with an A at the bit to meet your delicious friend oh no yeah i don't know about army hammer though let's not uh let's just put a pencil on that maybe you should be here too oh when when army hammer's here yeah it could be like a double course yeah no yeah i think that makes sense a little tasting menu it'll get confusing though you know when he's here why because he refuses he he insists on calling me by your name So it get confusing on the podcast when Army Hammer calls me by your name. Huh? You proud of yourself? He's going to call me by... I am. I'm quite proud of myself. <laughs> All right. Well, tonight uh, we've got a little we got a little menu. But first, I just have to give a shout out to our one of our good mutual friends who left three beers in my fridge. I am drinking a Lucky Buddha Sure Hit Enlightened Beer. Ooh, I uh, am not familiar with this imprint or brand or style at all. Yes, this is uh, from Lunky Lunky from Lucky Drink Company Productions. The Lucky Buddha. It is 
Uh, in the vein of your rolling rocks, your your yinglings, your PBRs, it, it is a cheap, tasty kind of mainstay beer. <laughs> I, I'm down. I, I love a... It doesn't sound very macro, though. It doesn't sound like a macro brew. It is more niche. Uh, you find this at H Mart or places where you can find Japanese beers, for ah. it is the the Japanese Bud Light. I'm down for a Japanese Bud Light. I um, I've been drinking a lot of Kirin, or at least I drank a lot of Kirin last night, and uh, I love Japanese beer. I just drank an Irish coffee with Japanese whiskey in it. I love Japan. Japan's pretty great, and they're pretty great at writing copy. Oh, there's copy. Number one luck. According to ancient internet proverbs, many people believe that you receive your luck with your left hand. Drink smart. Did you uh, drink with your left hand? I am now. Okay, well, you need to receive that luck. For every Ah. drink you took with your right hand, you have to take a drink with your left to, to apologize to Buddha. All right. Well, I'll work on it. Um, I traditionally keep my drinks to the right of the microphone, uh, so I will make a conscious effort to reach with my left hand. Listen, I'm ju- I just want you to get that luck. Uh, as far as my drink, which I actually uh, finished before we started because it was so damn delicious. Uh, as I mentioned, it was an Irish coffee made with uh, Cafe Carmelita Decaf Coffee, some soy milk, some homemade simple syrup, and some... Toki whiskey, which Toki actually has notes much closer to a scotch, so it was like a strangely peaty, smoky Irish coffee, but it was delicious. I have had an alcoholic drink every night for the past 14 days. Oh, wow. It sounds like you might be needing to scale back soon, but I'm not here to rain on your parade, John. It's just an easy thing to do when you're stressed out. Yeah, no, I totally relate. Um... I drank too much like last week, and so I've been trying to scale back. But I got lucky and found this luck beer in my fridge. Who am I to look a luck horse in the luck mouth? No one can say no to free luck. You're right. It's impossible. Good or bad. I mean, if, yeah, no, (laughs) you have to, (laughs) you kind of have to say yes to no matter what luck you're dealt, because it just kind of happens uh, but good luck can be bad luck, and bad luck eventually can be good luck. It's all just a question of what is the universe trying to teach you? What a great question, John. What is the universe trying to teach you? Uh, right now? Probably not much. You know, you've never been more wrong. Oh, no. Yes, it is now time to continue our frightened times. Gift giving to John. He's getting married. I got him... Three gifts. The first gift, if you recall, was I solved your unsolvable mystery of the Dyatlov Tov. (laughs) What is it called? Uh, Dyatlov. The Dyatlov Pass using the movie Frozen. And last week, I brought you the gift, a sequel to your most favorite of movies, Rob Schneider's The Animal, coming to Tubi. Yes, of course, gifts increasing in quality. And this week, John, I bring you a gift that took, oh my god, the effort that I have gone through, the connections I've had to form, and the favors I've had to cash in. John, are you prepared? 
Uh, I don't think there's any universe in which I could possibly be prepared. Very good. That is the correct answer for you are impossibly unprepared. Wait, it is impossible for you to be prepared because over the last week, John, I have been working with your favorite celebrity in order to bring to the world a performance piece the by which the likes the world has never seen. No, not my favorite celebrity and not performance, my favorite form of art. Exactly, performance art and celebrities, and boy howdy did I, I think I've got, this is all anyone has been talking about, as far as I am concerned. Yeah, I, I tried to load up Twitter and it said, uh-uh-uh, they're talking about it. And I didn't know what, what that message meant. That's right, I called in a favor to Jack Dorsey, is that his name? Yeah, that's his name. The owner of Twitter, not really, I don't think, maybe he owns it, the Twitter guy, and I told him, blot, wait, you're not on Twitter anymore. I try to open it in my browser sometimes when I get real hungry. Oh, good. Well, I told him to block you so you wouldn't get any of those sweet, sweet spoilers. I I appreciate it. His little face was jiggling back and forth and going, uh-uh-uh, uh-uh-uh. You, you didn't say the magic word. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's Wayne Knight from Jurassic Park. <laughs> That's exactly who he is. It's a long con by the Wayne Knight estate. Wow. I'm <laughs> Performance art is getting better and better these days. <laughs> Absolutely. Deep fakes. So off the top of your head, John, who who do you think I'm talking about when I say I've been collaborating with your favorite celebrity? Oh, my favorite celebrity. There's so many to pick from. Uh, if I were to maybe cherry pick from the top 10, I'm going to say maybe Stanley Tucci. No. It, it, okay. Uh, Tony Shalhoub. No. Okay. Um, let's see. Uh, are they actors? They they have acted. Yes. Uh, Florence Pugh. Oh, God. No. Uh, let's see. Paul F. Tompkins. You're so... Uh, you're not even close. No. Okay. Favorite celebrity who has acted. Let's see. Who else do I love? This isn't going very well. <laughs> oh, no. Wait, do they do music? They have done music, yes. <laughs> oh, so they're a multi-hyphenate. Yeah, yeah. Triple threat. Okay, I'm, gotta at be least Bo a Burnham. No, no. Okay. Glenn Close? <laughs> Kind of closer, but not really. No. Anne Hathaway? How many have you guessed? No. Um, the original cast of Biloxi Blues? I didn't even know you liked them. I, 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 I called in a favor to them, but I went one further. Oh, Matthew Broderick pre-car accident. Impossible to reach. His <laughs> people don't, those people don't connect you to him anymore. Oh, damn. Well, who is it? John... I know you've heard of this because it has dominated the airwaves the past couple of days. The, 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 the um, what am I talking about? The, uh, the, the, just the controversy, the sudden betrayal, the true light being shown on this figure who so many people must like. There must be people who like this person out here because why else would we be talking about him? Oh, Kanye West. No, that's right, John. James Corden. Oh, my favorite artist. Your favorite artist, James Corden, who I think has a talk show called, like, 
It's late. T- the late late show. I just found it. <laughs> yes, James. James. Man, two weeks in a row. My favorite movie, The Animal, and my favorite celebrity, James Corden. That's right. Yes, your favorite celebrity, James. I Corden. didn't even guess James Corden because I didn't dare to dream. I know. They say never reach for the stars because you might hit an innocent bystander. But in this case, we got that star straight in his face. (laughs) I've always wanted to. (laughs) Yeah. So James Corden and I have arranged a little performance piece uh, whereby – so have you heard about this at all? Uh, no. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is so great. I, I, I get to reveal it to you. I heard he got banned from a restaurant. That's it, that's the, the performance piece. Oh, I see. I paid James Corden $100 to th- throw a shit fist at Balthazar Restaurant oh. to get banned for you. <laughs> oh my god, I love performance art. This is all over Twitter. I saw news articles about this and his fake contrition about it. What's crazy is I just gave him a pitch. $100, send back the eggs because there's a little bit of yolk in them and then like get banned. That was our deal. And, you know, he's such a creative. He took that idea and he ran with it. You know, the greatest artists can improvise and turn even the smallest suggestions into something much bigger. Uh, So for those of you unfamiliar with this, we'll start at the very beginning uh, with what kind of might seem like an AI-created text (laughs) paragraph. Um, John, just know this is for you. Balthazar is one of New York City's most iconic restaurants, but you'll, you won't be seeing a famous patron there anytime soon. Oh, I fucking hate the way information is presented in the modern day. Oh my god. <laughs> James Corden is a hugely gifted comedian, but a tiny cretin of a man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, where is this article? This is Uprox. <laughs> a man, but a ti- amazing. Uh, this is the, I'm quoting Keith McNally, who wrote this on his Instagram account. Um, to continue quoting Keith McNally, we'll get to him later. Uh, and the most abusive customer to my Balthazar servers since the restaurant opened 25 years ago. Uh, amazing. I love tiny Cretan of a man. <laughs> I don't often 86 a customer, but today I 86 Corden. It did not make me laugh. <laughs> okay. Uh, maybe a little too cute, but yeah, uh, you know, so I, I didn't pay Keith. I didn't, I didn't, I'm not responsible for his words or actions. Uh, but he went on to demonstrate, uh, two of the reasons why he, he, he banned James Corden. Uh, and so just so you know, I only paid for one of these. I, I do want to be clear in, in your initial missive to Corden, um, <clears throat> Part of it was you said you gave him a hundred dollars uh, yes. to to send back the eggs. I well, the, I, yeah, no, no, no. I believe the way you said it was I gave him one hundred dollars, send back the eggs. For some reason, my brain processed the audio of you saying that as I gave him one hundred dollars and said send back the eggs, and I thought for a second my brain thought that James Corden had an alternate name. <laughs> of Sendak the Eggs. 
And I can't stop thinking about Sendak the Eggs. Yes, uh, that's very good. And uh, Mr. Uh, just <laughs> to continue, uh, Mr. Keith McNally wrote about Zendak the Eggs. <laughs> uh, in June, Zendak was here on Table 61. Although this is diabolical, it happens very occasionally in all restaurants. <laughs> <laughs> okay, is this person an AI? <laughs> I love this. I love. I don't know what this. this it's, it's is this not a, a direct quote? Because this guy, yes. this guy writes like, uh, "What happened next will amaze your balls." This is a direct quote from from Keith McNally's Instagram, and I have to emphasize the first sentence was in June. James Corden was here on table sixty one. Period. Uh-huh. Open parenthesis. <laughs> Although this is diabolical, it happens very occasionally in all restaurants. Period. <laughs> close parenthesis. <laughs> so I want to be crystal clear that someone was sitting at table 61. It's and to, to sit at table 61 is diabolical. It is. But let me tell you, if your restaurant has a table 61, believe it or not, someone is going to sit at it. And it is diabolical. It is diabolical it happens on very rare occasions <laughs> yeah. that someone sits at table 61 all right <clears throat> to continue mr mcnally wrote after eating his main course zendak the eggs showed the hair to balthazar manager g who was very apologetic apparently there was a hair <laughs> showed the okay so number one <laughs> I I have to commend him because if, if you talk about sentence structure from the standpoint of information theory, you want to get as much information across with as few words as possible. So in that sense, though confusing, he lets us know not only was there a hair that was found, but it was also shown to G. <laughs> to G, yes, manager G. I do, I do appreciate the protection of the manager's names. I think that's a really strong position for McNally to take. Yeah, um, absolutely. Protect your employees. In comparison, we have this very weak position that Zendak the eggs took. Uh, Zendak was extremely nasty to G and said, get us another round of drinks this second, and also take care of all of our drinks so far. Ugh. This way I, I, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do that thing where editors add words to make sense. Uh Uh-huh. This way I won't write any nasty reviews in Yelp or anything like that. I do. Here's a question. So Yelp is a is a scourge in the hospitality industry. We can admit that much. I feel like Zendak the Eggs has stronger pull than Yelp. Yeah, I don't think <laughs> celebrities are taking to Yelp. I feel like if you're a celebrity, you can be like, look, I, I could badmouth you on my show that has hundreds of thousands of viewers a, a night. <laughs> I'm trying to read the reviews for Balthazar, and there's this one-star review from (laughs) James C. that said, I found a hair in my food and wanted them to comp my drinks and bring me more drinks, and they wouldn't. One star, this is a nasty review. Now here's a little treat for you. If I could turn back time, do-do-do-do, if I could find a way... (laughs) Do, yeah, do, yeah. Do, do. yeah, at the end of the review, is like, all right, take it, Jimmy Fallon. Let's <laughs> sing Carpool Karaoke. <laughs> it's just typed out. 
amazing. <laughs> and then there, there's this other two star review under it from Jimmy F. <laughs> that just oh. says, <laughs> just says, if I could turn back time, do 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 do. Yeah, you know, I can't understand these celebrities, but I only exist to pay them to render really good performance art for my good friend John. Absolutely. This performance art is incredible thus far. So on to the event that I paid for. This mm-hmm. was so that that was just a prior event that gave me the idea. This was the impetus. I'm like, you already had this relationship with this restaurant. I think it'd be really funny if we pushed it in the name of my good friend who's getting married. And and Zenbeck or, or James Corden was like, oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm not actually British. Oh, good. <laughs> that's what he said. He said, oh, that sounds like a good idea. By the way, I'm actually from a little city in Missouri. Yeah, I'm, I'm from a little city in Missouri, and here's a little treat for you. <laughs> and then he started singing uh, Memories. He typed it out. He typed. We, we, I mean, <laughs> yeah. it was all it was all over DM, so he just typed it out, and you know, it really moved me because he took a different take on it that I'd never heard before. Yeah, it was just the words. It was like Memories, all alone in the moonlight, in separate yeah. text messages, of course. Yeah, of course. Every line a different message. It took. Whew, my fun was dinging. Let's just say that. All right. <laughs> Here is uh, the report. The second incident. Um, Corden's wife ordered, ordered an egg yolk. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> Sorry. I, I, his I, wife's I name you... is Orden Ordered. <laughs> I, I thought you were saying his wife's name is Orden Corden. <laughs> Sorry, sorry, sorry. Gordon's wife, Orden Corden, ordered an egg yolk omelet with Grayard cheese and salad. Then, a few minutes after they received the food, James called their server, M.K., and told her there was a little bit of egg white mixed with the egg yolk. The server informed the floor manager in the kitchen accidentally remade the dish with home fries instead of a salad. The post continues. That's when James Corden began yelling like crazy to the server. You can't do your job. You can't do your job. Maybe I should go into the kitchen and cook the omelet myself. That's my, uh, that's his accent. Uh, from Missouri, I can see it. Quick aside, an omelet is typically made with eggs that are all scrambled together. Yeah. So, um. But it's an, uh, is it's it like an egg, egg yolk omelet? It can't be an egg yolk. <laughs> that's, that's disgusting. What that's what it says. Or egg corn, yolk you om- are out of line. Uh, an uh, egg yolk omelet is the most disgusting thing I've ever heard of. And they they complained that there was a little bit of egg white mixed with the egg yolk. It's just egg yolk. Yeah, but like, you know. can't perfectly separate. Also, this is gross, but it's true. Hair is just like in food at restaurants, no matter how much you don't want it to be. That's yeah. That's I mean, I'm, it's whatever. I just assume people wash their hair. Yeah, that's how I get through the day. But like, hair is everywhere. A hair can fly off the head of a customer into the kitchen, onto your food, or like when it's being brought out to you. Like, hair just happens, man. Don't be a baby. Also, don't order an egg yolk omelet. That's insane. 
All right. Well, you know, this is all the name of performance art. I see we made yes. a few decisions that you did not like. That's okay. Once like, again, this is planned. And this uh, is my, all. Yeah. My outrage is is perceiving it as if it were genuine. Oh, okay, okay. Well, to continue, MK the server was very apologetic and brought G over to the table. You remember G from? Oh earlier. yeah, from from the hair. From the hair. Uh, He returned the dish, and after that, everything was fine. He gave them promo champagne glasses to smooth things out. G said that Corden was pleasant to him, but nasty to the server. MK was very shaken, but professional that she is, continued to finish her shift. These two incidents served as examples as why Keith McNally, the owner of Balthazar, banned James Corden from his restaurant. I mean, I... I can't blame him. That happened on October 17th. Ooh, a week ago. A week, a week ago. And, you know, that's where I thought the story would end. Uh, uh, you know. I also thought that's where the story would end. I didn't realize you paid for so much. I didn't. I honestly didn't. I paid for that incident to make, make a big news thing for my good friend john now no i will i do have a few complaints one corden didn't ever say during the performance art the line i had written for him mm. uh, the, the line was this is for john and i'm also i have to reveal for the first time i am not actually british oh he really you know i can see that though because as a little bit of a performer myself sometimes you get lost in the work and you forget the brief yeah so he forgot that and then um I thought, you know, this one story was going to happen and then he's going to fade back into his little day job doing the Late Late Show. We weren't going to hear from him again. And so like, I went to bed that night and I was just like, all is right with the world. Went off without a hitch. That's great. The next day, John. Oh, no. He's in the news again, Mr. Corden. Is he doing some kind of flash mob? He didn't contact me about this. He didn't consult me. But he called up Keith McNally. Oh, he's he's doing rogue artist shit. Yeah, he went off the rails and he called up Keith McNally on his personal phone, on his personal phone number. Uh-huh. And he apologized. Profusely, it is reported. Well, that's that's good. He's adding an extra dimension to the performance I can really appreciate. Yeah, James Corden and restaurant owner Keith McNally have already settled their beef. Oh, but not their omelet. No. Uh, The restaurateur has already reversed his decision less than 24 hours after he announced that Corden is banned from Balthazar, uh, an iconic iconic New York staple for those of you who forgot the last article. Uh Uh-huh. According to a new Instagram post from McNally, the ongoing late-night host personally called him and apologized for how he treated the restaurant staff. Quote, McNally, Having fucked up myself more than most people, I strongly believe in second chances. So if James Corden lets me host his late-late show for nine months, I'll immediately rescind his ban from Balthazar. Uh-huh. No, of course not. That this, I'm still quoting. Oh, okay. Wow, really had me there for a second. But anyone magnanimous enough to apologize to a deadbeat layabout like me and my staff, throwing the staff under the bus, doesn't deserve to be banned from anywhere. Okay, I noticed that he doesn't specifically talk about apologizing to the staff. 
Especially the person that he yelled at and said that he could do their job. Yeah. Yeah, I, I see that. I see I see that. Um, but all is forgiven. Um Yeah. Listen, now James, I'm sorry, Zen Zendak the eggs, uh, can eat at Balthazar and yell at MK all he wants to with his uh egg yolk gulping wife Orden. The crazy thing is this was all a setup. <gasps> you see, James Corden, yes, he apologized to Keith McNally, and he got reinstated to the, the restaurant, Balthazar. But he's playing 4D chess, John. Oh my god, the artist continues to evolve. Because three days later, James Corden had an interview uh, with the New York Times' David Itzkoff. Uh, with the purpose of talking about his new Amazon Prime se- series. Uh, but of course, Iskoff, being a New Yorker, brought up the Balthazar incident. I gotta say, it's amazing that your performance piece actually got to Iskoff. It's kind of crazy. This not, little... not a lot go this far. Yeah, yeah. I, I, this really just went out of off the rails. And I, I couldn't be more proud of the performer of James Corden because he nailed this next part to a T. Oh, I can't wait. Uh, when Itzkoff mentioned that he was surprised Corden hadn't wanted, wanted to cancel the sit-down, the late-night host seemed perplexed as to why he would even consider that and why they were even still talking about him being banned, then unbanned, from dining at perennial New York City brunch spot, Balthazar. Man, great. Very good articles. And this is where the artistry comes to fruition. This is where it all this is this is like once i saw this i was like duh this is what it's all about the setup is nothing it's all about the follow-up yeah i mean at this point we're like oh he's sorry it all kind of makes sense but it's not satisfying yet so here it is john this is the true gift to you uh eggsnet what was his name uh, Zendak the Eggs. Zendak the Eggs said, I haven't done anything wrong on any level. So why would I ever cancel this interview? He then continued to say, I was there. I get it. I feel so zen about the whole thing because I think it's so silly. I think it's just beneath all of us. It's beneath you. It's certainly beneath your publication. <laughs> Oof. Taking it to the New York Times. Yes. Uh, and the whole the whole thing is just, it's, it's beneath everyone. It's beneath you, me, the people of the New York Times. How James Corden just said on a national periodical, how we treat service people is beneath all of us. <laughs> uh, fascinating. I... I just truly don't understand. I mean, obviously he's an artist doing his best and doing incredible work, uh, not only to, uh, to normalize calling out the New York times, but also berating servers doing us all a big favor. Yeah. I, I think maybe Mr. Corden trying to reveal to the world that he's not in fact British is trying to overcompensate into the American by treating service people like, like uh, people who are beneath him, but uh, I don't think it's working out for him. No, he's really trying to become too American, too ugly American. 
Yeah. Um, he apparently continued on by saying, it happens every day. It's happening in 55,000 restaurants as we speak. It's always about eggs. Uh, is, is, is the artist known as Zendak the Eggs okay? Uh, look, when your name is Zendak the Eggs... I feel like you worry a lot about eggs. You you have to worry a lot about eggs. That is that is understandable. Uh, I'm I don't know that it's always about eggs. Um. Well, what what is it about then? I mean, you know, the doneness of meats. People seem to care about that a lot. Not when it comes to Zendek the egg who orders. Oh, you, what you mean egg to tell omelets. me? Is he's saying that it's happening in 55,000 restaurants right now, and he's doing it. He's the one behind them all. <laughs> he each. So, yeah. So, I, I guess he's really ran with it. I gave him 100 bucks to do this. Then I think he gave 55,000 people $100 to continue it. Yeah, of course, of course. Oh, he's really leaning in. So, Mick, of course, this isn't where it ends, right? I mean, of course, at this point, you you know that he let's follow, will stop at nothing. Let's follow the chain. Uh, I give James Corden, Zendak the Egg, $100 to send back the eggs. Uh, Zendak the Egg, send back the eggs. He does so, and in doing so, chews out two servers in the process, and gets banned from Balthazar by McNally. Then, in, an, in a totally separate interview... He reve- oh, oh, he apologizes, get un- gets unbanned, then in a wholly separate interview, reveals that he's not actually sorry for his behavior. He says he's done nothing wrong. Uh, and so that leaves it in McNally's court to respond. And boy, mm. he does. Oh, if there, I, I think there's really an emerging artist here uh, in one Keith McNally. I, I really appreciate what Keith McNally, as, as an unwitting participant, and not a born artist himself, is bringing to the fore. Right. So before you pointed out that McNally and the apology did not reveal whether or not Corden has apologized to the staff, uh, but there was a lot of emphasis on Corden apologizing to him. Mm-hmm. Here are your worries relieved in oh, this finally. response. Uh, McNally writes, and of course, in an Instagram photo... <laughs> In an Instagram caption of a photo of Gordon's head. I mean, I mean, this is how news is disseminated now, I hate to say it. I've no wish to kick a man when he's down, especially one who's worth a hundred million dollars. But when James Corden said in yesterday's New York Times that he hadn't done, quote, anything wrong on anything level, unquote, was he joking or was he denying being abusive to my servers? Whatever. Oh, yes. Whatever. He's coming co- back with it. He's coming back. Come back hot with those hot, hot eggs. Hot eggs. Hot egg what? yolks. No whites. No whites. <laughs> Can't just say no whites. <laughs> Whatever Corden meant, his implication was clear. He didn't do it. Uh huh. Al- Although I didn't witness the incident, lots of my restaurant's floor staff did. They had nothing to gain by lying. Corden did. I wish. Hell yeah, Keith. You ready for this to get completely off the rails? Uh, I can't imagine how it could. Hit me with it. I wish James Corden would live up to his almighty initials and come clean. What? 
What? If the supremely talented actor wants to retrieve the respect he had from all his fans, open parentheses, all four of them, close parentheses. Oh, oh, he, oh, he's taking him down. He's hitting them. He's hitting them. That's, oh, that's below the belt. I, I really thought he was just going to roll over when the powerful person apologized to him. If the supremely talented actor wants to retrieve the respect he had from all of his fans before this incident, then he should at least admit he did wrong. Mm. If he goes one step further and apologizes to the two servers he insulted, I'll let him eat for free at Balthazar for the next 10 years. Okay, big promises. A lot on the line. Balthazar, I think, is pretty expensive. It's a New York restaurant, so everything has to cost like $30. True, true. Yeah, I mean, look, look, all the egg yolk omelets you can eat. By the way, one of these articles goes um, really into that. Oh, I, I, I need to find it. It goes really into the egg yolk omelet? Yeah. Oh, I, it must be this other one. I'm so bad at being a reporter, yo. Okay. That's what we need uh, Keith McNally for, to be the yeah. reporter for the people. This is the Mary Sue. I have no idea what if the periodical is good, but there's just this one line that this says, First of all, who orders an egg yolk omelet? Agreed. Hardcore agreed. It's yeah. psychopathic. Love it being called out. All right, so. Unless you're, like, allergic to egg whites, I guess. I mean, maybe. maybe but you would mention that, right? Yeah. You would well, mention that in a non-asshole way. Here's my thing. If you're allergic to egg whites, don't order the eggs. Because, like, to my understanding... You can't, like, totally remove egg whites from egg yolks. I mean, it, it seems impractical. What are you going to do? Wash the yolks? Don't order the eggs. Right. I don't even know if this is the case, but if you're allergic to egg whites, maybe just don't have the yolks either. That's like being allergic to peanuts and, like, can you de-shell the peanuts first? <laughs> Listen, I'm, I'm allergic to peanuts, but I'd love to eat the shells. I'd love to eat the shells. If you could just make that into, like, some type of... I don't know, folded over dish. I know that this is an odd, expensive request that's probably unpleasant for me to eat, but I'm going to make it anyway. We're going to make this work. We got it. <laughs> yeah, we, we can't order anything else. Listen, I'm allergic to the meat of the shrimp. Can I just have the tails? Can I, I just want the tails. I just want, can you put it in a broth and boil it? Can I have a boiled shrimp tail broth? Listen, terribly allergic to shrimp, but I love eating things that I am almost allergic to. I just want a little sense of danger, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, I don't know if she's allergic to egg whites or if she's just a, a real freak who likes to eat a whole bunch of egg yolks. No idea. But let's recap. Mm. I give Zendak the egg, $100 to send back eggs at Balthazar's. Mm -hmm. He throws Zend a fit. Zendak the egg, send back the eggs. Yes. He throws a fit. He gets banned. He calls Mr. Balthazar. He gets unbanned. He then goes to the New York Times, says shitty things, gets re-banned by Mr. Balthazar. What is a late night talk show host to do at this point? Twice banned. Once unbanned. Aiming to get maybe once more unbanned? I don't know. However, you gotta do something on Monday night if you have a talk show, right? 
Yeah, and this is all people can talk about is how shitty you are over your weird egg order. So apparently on Monday night, uh, last night, James Corden did a heartfelt, sincere apology on live television. Hell to, yeah. Uh, to, well, for the, for everything, for the, for the everything he did. Good. This is a good start. Good artist. For the outburst, for the treatment. I don't have any of that actual text because it seems like the people who are writing about this saga uh, left that part out. I mean, that's what you got to do as a writer. <laughs> you leave out. You leave out the important bits. Yeah. So he went on to his television show on Monday night last night and apologized. And here is the end of the saga. Because we have one last response by Keith McNally. Oh my god, the dark horse, the the, who, the true artist. Who I have to say, I paid $100 for to James Corden. I should have been paying Keith McNally the whole time. He has really been the perfect player, the perfect opposition to this whole performance piece. He has nailed all of his movements in the weirdest way possible. It is phenomenal, and he has built it up for this one grand finale. I mean, you ever see like a production, like a play and uh, in like a like a mid metro theater and they get a pretty famous person to get butts in seats. But there's one performer uh, who performs adjacent to the very famous person who works their ass off and the crowd turns around. They're like, oh, I came here to see James Caan or whatever. But this nobody is 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 yes. doing a, is, is doing a great job. This is this is how I feel right now. Yep, Keith McNally is definitely the the band opening for the band that is somehow better than the band you came to see. Oh, what a magic feeling, absolutely. Yeah. Um, He writes on another cropped picture of James Corden's head. Gotta do it, that's the only way to do it. Last night on his TV show, James Corden very graciously apologized for his outburst at Balthazar. It takes a real man to do this. (laughs) <laughs> Not like me, a fuck up. In the past, I've behaved much worse than Corden. Oh, come on, man. I'm so sick of people in the restaurant industry doing this. I've behaved much worse than Corden, but wasn't man enough to apologize. Mm. For this reason, I'm going to lift the ban on Corden and impose one on myself instead. What? I'm going to ban myself from Balthazar for two weeks. What? People who live in glass houses, dot, dot, dot. I never in a million years (laughs) would I assume that would be the resolution. The man banned himself from his own restaurant. The owner of the restaurant banned himself from his own restaurant. And what can only be described as an M. Night Shyamalan twist, the, <sighs> the, the opposition seemingly has defeated itself. I love the way Keith McNally's brain works because it's only in extremes. Yes. And you know what? You, you say two weeks, but I would have been equally surprised not more and not less if it was for 10 years (laughs) (laughs) two weeks to 10 years same level of surprise what a roller coaster and john i i know i know (laughs) 
he, he didn't do the one thing I asked him to do. I know Zendak the Egg never said this was for you, John, but please know that all of this was done in celebration of your upcoming nuptials. I mean, listen, it doesn't... I'm no dummy. Things don't have to be in the text for me to pick up on them, if you know what I mean. This, to be honest with you, has my... <laughs> My $100 patron Henry's friend is getting married energy. It it essentially says it. The subtext is almost the text. Yeah. Uh, it's I'm... painfully clear. I'm going to say there's undertones of I'm not really British. I'm from Missouri. I'm glad that's coming through. I, I thought part of this was like, you know how in absurdist humor, sometimes the final punchline is saying the, the obvious thing that's like right in front of you, but like just the, the addressing of the thing is what makes it overtly funny. Mm-hmm. That's what I was going for. But of course, who am I, a measly amateur writer, to give a note to an artist and performer as, as talented and as revered as performance artist James Corden. Yeah, I mean, he's my favorite artist for a reason. He he took what you gave him, which admittedly was good, flipped it, reversed it, turned it into something brand new, and even brought this great young artist to the fore, to the fore in uh, Keith McNally. Yeah, a found scene partner. You couldn't ask for better. They played off each other really well. I think the whole production as a whole, like it's it, it caught the nation's attention. Um, for what Uproxx writes as um, roughly one billion years. Uh-huh. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, they, the, the last article they wrote starts, after roughly one billion years, give or take, the James Corden restaurant has seemingly reached its conclusion. So this is a tale literally as old as time. I, I think you did a great job as a, as a final gift to me. Uh, for my nuptials as part of the Frightened Ties, I don't think you could have done a better job. And I want to see more from Keith McNally. I want to perhaps see him have beef with perhaps Zendaya, uh, in which he bars Zendaya entrance to Madison Square Garden, uh, unless she makes him a festive holiday wreath. Uh, this... and, then, and then Zendaya makes him a wreath, and then he sentence him, sentences himself to mine uh, silicone <laughs> on the moon for 15 years. I mean, honestly, we've been given a really great gift for season two. Uh, we've definitely, like, we've set ourselves up, like McNally. He's, this is great. He's going to start his punished arc. Mm-hmm. We're going to get punished McNally, you know, outcast from the very establishment that he built mm-hmm. with no place to turn, a desperate McNally. What moves will he get up to? What what friendships will he craft? What enemies will he make? And I, I don't think we've seen the last of James Corden in this story either. I think the, the focus is shifting more to McNally, but I think we're going to get a reprisal uh, performance out of James Corden before all of this is said and done. Yeah, I mean, it's a classic theater trope, right? Uh, Chekhov's and Dak the Eggs? Yes. <laughs> when the first act is about someone, they will probably be in the third act. That is Chekhov's Zendak the Eggs, uh, the very famous literary motif, conceit, and device. It's all three in one. There, you can't ask for more. 
Yeah, those three essentially interchangeable concepts. Now, I, I do want the Broadway scene to really embrace the story. I want to see the James Corden musical that starts with him sending back eggs. And on the first, the opening scene is him sending back the eggs and the development is McNally. I really need to see this on Broadway. Oh, I'd love to see on Broadway. But I feel like there's like some ways in which we can maybe zing it up for a Broadway audience to, to get butts and seats. Maybe if we make them all cats. You know, you son of a bitch. Uh, and maybe instead of Balthazar, maybe they're, they're trying to get into heaven. <laughs> maybe, it's a, maybe it's a bunch of different cats trying to get into heaven. Yes, but we, we, we have to obfuscate the heaven. We can't alienate, you know, the non-religious. So let's call it something innocuous like the heavy side layer. Yeah, they're trying to get to the heavy side layer. Um, and then let's let's just throw in some Judeo-Christianity Judeo stuff. Let's have a cat named Old Deuteronomy. Yeah. Um, we can... Keith McNally is like good, but it's not a very good cat name. Maybe call him the magical Mr. Mephistopheles. <laughs> you know, and, and you know, of course, Zendak is too close to the literary device, of course. So, you know, something that rhymes with Zendak, like McCavity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes. McCavity, Old Deuteronomy, uh, Magical Mr. Mistopheles, Heavy Sight. I think this is, we, this is I think good. we've appropriately mapped things that the yeah. story is still clearly told. Right. But, you know, told in a way that's more digestible. And we can even get Taylor Swift involved to make up for the whole Kim's convenience fiasco. Yeah, no, to make up for Kim's convenience because it's uh, there's no show, no show hotter than Kim's convenience right now. Uh, you know what? Skip Broadway, make it a movie, and make them all have buttholes too. Yeah, butthole cut that won't get censored. Yeah, in the in the least, I do need to, uh, I guess, apologize to anyone who wasn't familiar with any of that James Corden <laughs> stuff because we have now talked about specifically him for like forty minutes. Uh, we talked about him for I'm gonna say basically the entire episode. It's true. It's true. Um, but you've made a tiny mistake, John. Oh. Uh, yes. You when you addressed this gift that I had just given you, you addressed it as the final gift. Uh, well, I mean, there's only so many weeks in the frightened times. But John, don't you see? It's all been connected. Um, every gift I've given you, oh my God, has been connected holy shit to the actual final what gift fuck? that I'm going to give you. You think that after you get married, you're going to California? I mean, that was the plan. John, buckle up because I've booked you an exclusive trip. To Dilatav, what's it called? <laughs> Dietlov. To Dietlov, Russia. Oh my god, my favorite. Where you're going to experience the Dietlatov, damn it. The Diet, the D, the, damn it. Dietlov, damn it. Uh, Dietlov. The Dietlov Pass Incident. And playing the other hikers, John, are none other 
than the star of your favorite movie, The Animal, Rob Schneider, and your favorite celebrity performance artist, James Corden. That's right. John, you're going to Dietlov Pass with those two actors to recreate the Dietlov Pass incident. Oh my god, you mean to tell me... Instead of spending time in two of the most beautiful places in California for an extended period of time, I'm going to be shipped to coldest, darkest Russia with Rob Schneider, James Corden, forced to camp in the dark on no supplies and then be crushed to death by a slab avalanche? Yes, and also in a time of war. This is heaven! Oh, you've funded another war in Russia? No, no, it's just the Ukrainian thing. Oh, yes, 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 yes. I was absolutely. really worried that that was going to cancel these plans that I've had been baking them for a month, uh, months. But it turns out Rob Schneider's really tight, tight with Putin. Yeah, Rob Schneider, very tight with Putin. James Corden will do anything for a buck. Now it's funny because I thought you were gonna, you were gonna have a like a. a <laughs> I thought you were going to – the where you were going to go with what you just said was like, you're telling me instead of spending two – like going to two of the most beautiful places and spending time with my new wife, I get to do this. And uh, John, I'm, I'm glad you didn't go that direction because I, I – there's another surprise. Oh my god, they don't stop coming. Allison's already there. She's already there in Dietlov, Russia? <laughs> She's already there. She's waiting for you. I know this might mess up the timetables, but we kidnapped her in the middle of the night and we shipped her over there for you. Oh my god, you mean to tell me that in addition to dying in a slab avalanche with Rob Schneider and James Corden in a in a in a dark tent, my fiance, who I am set to marry not but five <laughs> days hence, has already been shipped to darkest Russia without my knowledge or consent. Yep, and also as a bonus gift, you got to live through all the stressors of your planning a wedding, only to die <laughs> and get crushed by ice and deal it of the the outlaw of Russia. <laughs> Oh my god, I should have seen this coming. This now that I think about it, it's so obvious. I was never gonna get married, and I was never gonna drown myself in the Colorado River. I was gonna get crushed in Russia. Yeah, sorry to ruin that little bit of your plan. Listen, you know, everybody has a different bachelor party. And for my <laughs> After my supposed wedding was supposed to take place and then getting crushed to death in a dark tent. And then, crucially, Rob Schneider, James Corden, I, and sadly, my fiance, won't be immediately killed by the slab avalanche, but we'll be tremendously injured and probably have to cut our way out of the tent and then crawl our separate ways and then die and then cause a mystery that will only be solved decades later by the movie Frozen. This is the true gift, because you were so sad that the Dialatov pass... I can't say it. The Dialatov... Dialatov. Dialatov. The Dialatov pass incident was solved. You were so sad that I solved it for you. I thought the only way to fix it was to make a new one spanning generations past you until they eventually make Frozen 3. 
Oh, D at love. <laughs> oh, it took, took a long time for that third one to come out. Uh, I'm, <laughs> you know, I, I give you a lot of shit. I'll admit it. I give you a hard time. And I'll also admit this. After you solved the mystery of the Dietlov Pass incident for me, I resented you, sure. I hated you, sure. I dragged your name through the mud to all my friends, family, I'm everyone sensing who would listen. I'm sensing there's no butt coming. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, filed a formal complaint to the SEC, and I talked to a judge about having you legally <laughs> designated as a child predator. <laughs> And a super spreader. <laughs> Listen, I'll admit I haven't been the best friend. I I tried to talk to a Canadian judge about having you diagnosed as legally idiotic in Canada. Wow. And I <laughs> want to take all that back because you killed the Dietlov Pass incident, but you created a new one. Yeah. You gave it all back. Just think what you'll think about it once it's over and there's a new mystery that for you to solve. <laughs> I probably won't think much because I'll be dead in the snow. Uh, maybe think... me and my fiance can die next to each other. That would be nice. That'd be sweet. That'd be yeah. great. Yeah. It's a little gift to both of you. <laughs> <laughs> you know the uh, that, that um, those bones they found of the lovers embracing? Yeah. We'll be like that, except my hand will be behind my back, and I will be holding the hand of James Corden's skeleton, <laughs> who is holding the hand of Rob Schneider's skeleton. Yeah, it'll be a new mystery for the ages. I'm so happy that you you, you enjoy it, and you've taken back all of those <laughs> things you said you did without my knowledge. Truly, this is the best frightened times we've ever put together. Yeah, just to be clear, I took back the sentiment, but the actions can't really be undone. Oh. Um, but you know, I regret that I did that now. Well, you won't for long. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be dead in Russia. This is the best frightened times ever, uh, especially from my end. I don't feel that I... um ever ever forced anything or came to these things stressed out and i feel like i you know contributed a lot <laughs> yeah you were there to receive all the great gifts that i prepared for you specifically i didn't want you to come with anything prepared john you've got a wedding to uh, well no longer do you have a wedding to prepare for you have a plane to catch <laughs> i have a rickety little plane to catch and then i have a tundra to die in yeah exactly Exactly. And in a way, receiving gifts is harder than giving them. On this, you and I both agree. <laughs> yep. <laughs> there's not. There's never been anything more clear. And not since the time that we... Hold on. Nope, can't remember any other Frighten times, so this one has to be the best one. That's true. That's the good thing about the Frighten times. Every Frighten times is the best one. Because apparently we cannot remember the ones that came before, except for that one time where I remembered that John talked about the Diet Dietlov Pass. Yes, and sometimes we try to remember the lore, and then we talk about the other frightened times like we remember them, but that never happened, listener. You're crazy. Yep, I live in this weird Victorian manner, and I have for like a couple of years now, and I've never questioned how I got it. <laughs> Yeah, I um, flit in and out of various realities constantly. 
And it's oh, is, totally normal. Is that still happening to you? <laughs> oh, all the time. Oh, no. We never solidified your timeline, buddy. Well, it's okay. You'll be dead soon. <laughs> <laughs> Finally. Man, it has been insufferable. And with the uh, news of my impending horrible and tragic, but hee hee, mysterious death, uh, I think that <laughs> I, I think we might be done yeah i I mean i'm done clearly you will be done uh thy will be done (laughs) (laughs) i uh you you really need to make sure that guest is cool with additional appearances on the podcast by the way uh because uh if i'm dead in russia i'm probably gonna be missing a couple of these bad boys oh as soon as it happens this whole zero credits becomes the the new dietlatov pass incident podcast oh my god we were talking about a reboot and you're turning it into like a true crime mystery man you're gonna make so much money off my death yeah and it's gonna be really the real twist will be the ending where it turns out i arranged it all and admitted to arranging it all in an episode of a podcast like two years before my new podcast started airing that's gonna be the real twist Yeah, and then your your next <clears throat> podcast after that will be a podcast about how it's crazy that you did that. Yeah, it'll be, you know, from prison, because I'm sure whatever I did was illegal. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'll be the fall guy for both Schneider and Corden. You know, they're both rich. They won't go to jail, but I'm an unknown, so, yeah. Yeah, and uh, they'll be dead. Oh, wait, dead. they'll be dead. <laughs> <laughs> forgot which which certainly which certainly helps you will have killed rob schneider james corden they'll be very very upset uh i'll be very happy dead with my fiance uh and uh you'll be rich so everyone gets what they wanted yeah but orden and corden will be knocking on my door before long oh you just gotta keep some egg whites handy my my good boy I'll, yeah, you make a circle of egg whites around your house, and then <laughs> yeah. the Warden Corden can't get you. Yeah, that that uh, listen. If you need to be warden off Warden Corden, just uh, <laughs> just put some egg whites around your house. Yeah. Wow. So before John gets to the inevitable wrapping up and the social media plugs, I Henry, that's me. Want to wish you, everyone, a happy Frightened Times. Thanks for joining us on this journey of giving John various gifts. Uh, we enjoy Frightened Times, but also at the same time, it's getting harder to plan shit. <laughs> yeah, our lives are getting bigger and the podcast is staying the same size. I know. It's Honestly, honestly, those that first year was the mo- I mean, that first year that I can't remember and then also that time travel year that is just a complete blur. Those were the biggest things we've ever done with this little month. Oh. Yeah, we were like, what if we make special music and a lot of editing and sound effects? <laughs> and now we're like, we're so tired. Yeah, no, you know. Maybe one day we'll be in better places. We can do more with the show. But for now, John, let them know how they can let us know that they listen to the show. Indeed. Now, keep in mind, you'll be letting Henry know, because once again, I will be dead in Russia by the time you hear this. Uh, But if you want to reach out to Henry and his special guest uh, for his new true crime podcast, 
uh, you can send an email to email at zerocredits.net. I had like a whole thing with the place where I got the name from. It's not like a problem, just, you know, maybe I should have bought it from a place that had better customer service. Anyway, uh, did that in the wrong order. Should have started with Twitter. I'll start over and Henry can edit it. <laughs> if you want to reach out to us, you can do so on twitter.com at zcpcwhj on twitter.com this is a mess what is happening jesus christ that stands for henry that stands for oh god we gotta do this every week we gotta come up with a little thing that it stands for and it's cute and it's funny and it's never correct I just want to like fly to fucking Dilatov Pass and get hit by an iceberg sometimes. Zoom, could people come with Herbivore Johnson? That's right. That's what it stands for. And if you want to send Henry an email, you can do so to email at zerocredits.net. Once again, that will only arrive to Henry because I will be dead in Russia. If you are listening to this podcast right now, you got it from a podcast service. And in addition to the one you got it from, we are also on Podchaser, Good Pods, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and almost anywhere you get your podcasts. Uh, not Stitcher, though. We're not on that. Uh, so, But... If you're listening to one of those services that allows you to rate and review, leaving us a rating and review would be a great way for people to get to learn about the show. But the best way for people to learn about the show is for you to tell them about this really interesting mystery you heard about, about how <laughs> one of the most famous people on the planet right now and... James Corden, Rob Schneider, and the most famous man's fiance all died in Russia. And there's this rumor that the longtime collaborator and co-host and dear friend of the most famous person on earth planned it all and then frozen three came out and Olaf went super saiyan and it was crazy. You tell people that, and you are guaranteed to get them to listen to this podcast, because word of the mouth is the only way we can survive. Well, Henry can survive. I won't be doing much surviving, because I'll be dead in Russia. I certainly hope the recording is getting this, because John, for me, sounds like a robot. You also sound like a robot. Zencaster is getting better by the day. Uh, I'll edit so, the part that out. <laughs> uh, so from everyone here at that's the my Zero line. Credits, it's my okay. line. Shut you up! Know, oh, oh, you wait, sound like you, a robot. You wanted to say it one last time before you die. You're cutting in and out, John. I hello. What happened? You cut out for me. Okay, we're back now. I hope so. Did you want uh, to say it? You wanted to give the send off uh, one last time before you died? Uh, no, you can do it. All right. Well, from everyone here at the Haunted House Studios of Zero Credits, we want to wish you, sorry, we want to wish you a happy haunted week. 
And I do want to say from the bottom of my heart that uh, I appreciate the gifts, but most of all, I will miss you all, listeners, because I will be dead in Russia by the time you hear this. That's right, a skeleton rotting in the frozen earth by the time you hear this. Say a prayer, I won't hear it. Goodbye! I think we're going to have to cut your monologue for time. Oh, you know, that's fine. (laughs) Goodbye, everybody! Goodbye! So this is the last tag you'll ever be in. What? This is the last. I think I you said, said that in the most disjointed. <laughs> you were like, "This is the last tag you'll ever be in." You'll, this. Well, I said, "Evil." <laughs> the last tag you'll ever be in. Is it? Did we? Did we attack James Corden's wife too much? No, because we didn't. We never said a real name. Ah, because I don't care what it is.